Welcome to Dad, I'd Like to Friend. I'm your host, Kevin Selden. You know, with social media and modern technology, we are more connected with the people around us, even globally, than ever before in the history of time. Yet it's rare to truly know what's going on beneath the surface. Sometimes there are those around us who present as the most positive people in the room. But behind closed doors, it's a whole nother story. Today I welcome an old friend to discuss the roller coaster of parenthood and the redefinition of modern masculinity. When during our interview, he reveals, unbeknownst to me, his past struggles with depression and the path he found to come out the other side and thrive. Let's dive in. Jalen, how you doing? <laughs> I'm great. What's up, Kevin? I have known Jalen for quite some time. We've lost touch for many years. It is yeah. such a pleasure to catch up again. Yes. Many years, my guy. It's so funny. I feel like I was wiser then. Yeah, well, we all do. I, I The more I grow with my children now, I just become a man-child all over again. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best thing is they bring out something in us that uh, rejuvenates a lot. I think totally. if you're open to it with your kids, which is beautiful. Yes. So diving in, I, I think the best place to start is as a performer, you have played some very masculine roles, mm -hmm. you know, from Navy SEAL to, I think on the originals, you were some old vampire, right? Yeah. And you always play tough guys, but you are, you're one of those guys that like, you're a mushy guy. Like you are a sensitive, very big hearted guy. Yeah. Um. Real, real, real raw truth here. My daughter's six. My son is two and a half. And last night, we finished watching Julie and the Phantoms, little kid show on Netflix. Yeah. And here I'm like crying. Lily's like, Daddy, why are you crying? I'm like, <laughs> so yeah, you know, I've, I've played these tough roles. I am a martial artist. I, I, I teach self-defense. I, I, I shoot guns. I train with weapons. And I cry at Julian the Phantom. So, you know, it's just the way it is. It's a full, well-rounded personality that you're speaking with today. I mean, I think that that is true masculinity. Yes. I think that really is, it is the modern man. Because I feel like what it is all about is living your real truth for your kids and taking off that armor. You know, totally. we talk a lot about the podcast about like all the the wounds and all of the uh, damage that's been done throughout your life creates this armor and and mm -hmm. being able to take it off and show your kids who you are, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, you know, the tears and, and the tough side. I mean, I think that they all make up who you are and that's it's unique for each individual. And I think it's important that your kids see that so that they have that role model to be able to reveal their true selves to the world. No, totally. And I agree with you on that. When you say take off the armor, you know, it's like my father was very old school. You know, he, my father's from Afghanistan, but I, I got a lot of that sweet side from him too. He, he was this tough man that came from this country, didn't know a lick of English, learned, started a family, worked a factory job his whole life and took care of his three kids, you know, and like, we didn't have a lot of money, but he always, he, we never felt that we didn't. And he was a musician or it still is, you know, play music, sing, but always hug me, kiss me, love me. But also had that tough dad side too, where he would wear the armor and in his world, his way of communicating, like if I play a fat basketball game and he missed it. And if I scored four points, you know, dad scored four points. Like, Oh good. How about your friend, Kevin though? You should be like Kevin, the starter. He had 25 points, you know, and like 
So I started to develop this complex as a kid that I was never good enough. And my father didn't do it on purpose. That's how he was raised. He did it to like, all right, good, let's be better. And looking back, like I felt my mother opposite, American, but Spanish, Spanish background. And she would, she was overly optimistic. So she's like, oh, like you can do it. You got it. You know, be positive. Like what? Like that was just my mom, like the most jolliest, happy, optimistic person ever. Like your tire can blow out. And she'd be like, well, yeah. we're all alive. We'll fix. So I had this like two different spectrums. That's here, a wonderful right? quality. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. Um, and uh, so go back to like speaking of taking armor off. When I became a father, I realized, you know, I'm going to take, a lot from what I learned from my mom and my dad. But for me, I want to be able to communicate to my children in an even clearer way and not necessarily project my failures onto them intentionally or unintentionally and not like, oh, you did well, Luca? Cool. How about your friend? Like, you know what I mean? There's things that I'm definitely going to cancel out. And I've gained a lot of that perspective through a lot of self-work. I do, I've been through a lot of therapy, I still do. I have a, it takes a village. It does. I think it's so crucial to work on yourself or else you pass on the crap to your kids. Yeah, you do. You do. And like literally my friends have asked me like, yo, how do you keep focus? Cause I also deal with depression. You t- it takes a village. Like there's so much that I consistently plug into to stay grounded, to stay positive and to keep moving and to keep evolving as a human being for myself. And your kids probably are a huge part to help you ground. I feel like for me, every time I come to my son, I'm like, oh, wow, (laughs) this is who I am. Big time. They challenge you. You laugh with them. You get it's it's so crazy. At one moment, you can get angry at something that maybe not even be that bad of a thing, but your kid does something or something breaks, whatever. You're like, oh, and then the next one's like, sorry, and you're like, oh my god, teardrop. (laughs) <laughs> like you like it's 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 the it's the biggest roller coaster of emotions that I know any parent on here listening can agree to. <laughs> it really is. Big time. I could not agree more. Yeah. You and I talked in in the pre-chat about mental health and and depression a little and I feel like that's what season 2 is really about here mm-hmm. um is is getting deep into not just the highs which everyone loves to talk about, but actually the lows that no one talks about. And I'm, I'm curious to know if you could discuss like a, a really tough moment for you that you've experienced while being a father and how you, how you dealt with it knowing your kids needed you, but you needed to fix some things in yourself. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I dealt with depression and my wife years ago before I was a dad was like, like I hit a very, very low point in my life career wasn't taken off, lost all my clients for training, like just like bleh, like down the dumps for my personal life, you know, not comparing to the world where there's obviously people starving in Afghanistan and other countries. Of course, of um, course. And I got suicidal. And I was like, why do I need to be here? And she kicked my ass and was like, you need to go to therapy. And I'm like, screw you. Like, I don't need that. Like, psh, whatever. Like, I'm, ugh, I'm a man. I'm, you know, Latino, Afghan, like whatever. Next day, I'm like, what's 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 that therapist's uh, number and i went and dr nikki has completely transformed and changed my life from a lot of battles i had to do within my own demons and transformation um which led to a very strong relationship and marriage that Brittany and i have now because we are able to communicate she goes therapy individually 
as do I, and then we also go together, like once a month, once every six weeks for like an oil check, you know, oil change. So that was like a previous history of depression that I've just constantly always battled and done my checklist of positive things to help. Like I let it run its course. I acknowledge it when I feel these demons. I don't just like go, oh, go away. But I breathe through it. I read right. through it. I journal through it. So now with my kids, fast forward to that, 2018 was the hardest year for me. My son was born, beautiful, healthy baby boy, Luca. You already had a daughter. I already had a daughter, Lily, my, my, my heart. And my mom was here. My dad was here for the birth. Six days later, my mom died. She passed away. So my son was born. I was in the bedroom with my wife, helping her with, with Luca, the newborn. And I hear this like, like this noise from my kitchen. I'm like, what? And my little sister who was in town as well for the birth is like, you know, get in here, Jacob. I'm like, what? And I, I run in there. My mom's on the floor. I'm like, what? And I immediately go down on the ground and I kind of help her. I didn't, I didn't lift her up because I didn't know if she would, if she was hurt. I just kind of dragged her a little bit to put her back against the fridge so she could sit up. And I'm like, mom, what's wrong? Like, you okay? And even in that moment, being as optimistic and, 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 and wonderful as my mother is, uh, she's like, oh, I'm fine. I, I think I just stood up from the breakfast nook too fast. I think I'm just busy. It's okay. Like, we're fine. And I'm like, and looking in her eyes, I'm like, no, something's off. I was like, Crystal called 911 right now. Firemen were here within 90 seconds. They live like, like I live next to a fire station. Thank God. They come in and I started going down this list of my, I was like, look, my mom's diabetic, uh, one kidney. So maybe it's that. And they're like, sir, that's actually the least of your problems. Your mom is having a catastrophic heart attack. We didn't even know she had heart. Like, what are you talking about? And so boom, get to the hospital. She's in the ICU. She, we lose her. Then they bring her back. Then we lost her. Then they brought her back. She, she lived on life support probably about 36 hours after that. And after that, just like the organs, nothing was working. Nothing was responding. Doctor's like, we can give one last attempt, but she's gone. And she passed. And a few weeks after the TV show that I was on, we were greenlit for a season three. Now I'm dealing with all this, right? Birth of my son, lots of emotions, happiness, loss of my mother. My mom and I were really close. I was a big mama's boy. And then my show's canceled. And I just bought a house that year. Oh my God. And then a dear friend of mine, Derek, he dies from cancer. And then another relative passed. So it was like, what the? So 2018 was a like, lot of loss. Boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. It was so much loss all at once. Back to back to back to back. And it crushed me. And I felt all that depression coming back, rising. <clears throat> But then waking up every morning and helping and changing those diapers in the middle of the night and looking at my son's eyes and looking into my daughter's eyes, who's holding on to me, saying she misses grandma and she misses Gaga. That sh that just like shifted and just helped keep me above water from where I wanted to go. And uh, it just like, it was so tough, man. And so that year just was digging in the trenches and I just had to keep going day by day day by day, moment to moment, minute to minute, step by step. That's it. And I was just there for my children the best that I could. My wife was so supportive of me and, and, and had a good, you know, village and family. And eventually went into grief counseling and stuff. And it, 
it really helped me come out. But 2018 was like the hardest year of my life for me personally. It's such a fascinating thing when, when horribly difficult things happen while you are a parent. Because I remember when I had low points prior to becoming a father, they can just sweep you away yeah. to such deep, dark places. And then you can go through horrible things while you're a parent. And you it's harder to get swept away because the kids kind of, they need things. And there's yeah. just necessities <laughs> that yeah. keep you moving forward. I, you know? Right. Yeah, you... <laughs> You have a household full of grieving and then you have Frozen on in the background. <laughs> you have like cartoons, You're different right. things. And then the kids are, it, it helped. And I feel like my mom came through like as an angel because my daughter would say things to me sometimes that were totally my mom. Even little moments of like, it's going to be okay. Or look at that bird or like little, or like that looks nice on you, daddy. It brings out your eyes. Like little things that I'm like, why is this? four and a half year old saying this to me, like little, little specific things that my mother said to me just to kind of remind me she's around, you know? And so it, it was crazy. And I just, you know, digging into the love of my children helped tremendously heal me and help me keep moving forward, you know? And it really, that, and that, that was the spark in my life to me. It made me realize I cannot now just depend on life as being an actor and now that the show was gone and right. you know the studio took it, that's when I, that's what propelled me into jumping into a producing career that I now have. It's crazy. Like my mom, I feel like losing her, she still found a way to push me to become an even better human being and a better father. You know, big time. I love that. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show how important parents' roles are. We. It's this brings up the the topic of priorities in an interesting way because I feel like there's so many times the hardest I am on myself is for me personally is always career. It's always more things I want to achieve. You know, I I set my uh, standards way too high for myself professionally, and I don't do that in my personal life, which I don't really understand. I enjoy the moment personally with a lot of the aspects of my life, but professionally. Whenever there's a down period, it's hard for me to turn off and meditate. My brain is just going. Sometimes I'm playing the comparing games. Sometimes I'm just focused on how I, I need to do more. And mm -hmm. every time I achieve, it's never enough. It's like I achieved the thing I wanted. And now all of a sudden, instead of taking a moment to enjoy it, it's what else should I be focused on and attempting to achieve? And I feel like from a priority standpoint, you've been talking a lot about career and a lot of the aspirations and the things you've been working on. But at the end of the day, you don't, you've never mentioned what your parents did for a living because that's not really what was important. Right. And I think it's such a fascinating thing when we look back at someone's life and we realized the things that were really important. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm curious to know when my wife was working for CBS, she would travel a lot. And with a newborn, that was hard for me. I mean, I took a lot of roles. We didn't follow gender roles, but it was hard for me because I knew she was missing out on moments, but mm -hmm. also it was a lot of weight on me. And I was like, oh, I need time away. But then when it came time for me to have a work trip or time to get away, I didn't want to go. Right. I just, it was just not something that I was willing to do. But when you're a performer 
and you get called on a job and you need those dollars. And also it's something you've been pursuing for so long. You don't have as much of a choice. And I'm, I'm curious to know how you really deal with that when those travel moments come, when career must sometimes be prioritized over work with the amount of things you have on your plate. How do you handle that? You know, the way I handle that, I just engulf myself in the work. Like last year or right before the pandemic, I was in Morocco for three weeks filming on the last season of Homeland. And it's for me, it's always like the initial leaving and then the end of the work trip that I'm itching to get home. In the middle, I don't allow myself time to really miss them because I'm diving into my tasks that I never got a chance to get to at home. So there's that part of it. But then it's like when the nighttime hits, I'm about to go to sleep. It hits me, right? Because I'm like, oh man, I miss that bedtime routine. I miss reading to them, singing to them, brushing their teeth, putting them to sleep, bathing them. Because uh, I'm very involved with their nighttime routine when I'm home. And and I miss my wife. Yeah. Like I miss, it's always like the, the nighttime. But then if I'm up in the morning, I'm doing things, I'm working, I'm good. But it's like the nights are like the weekends. I'm out of town for work and it's the weekends. There's so many things. I'm like, oh my God, Brittany would love this. The kids would love this. And you're walking around. And I'm that funny, strange looking dad where I'm outside and I see people with kids. I'm like, oh my God, your kid's so cute. And they're like, creep, get away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're like, why is this dude looking at me and my kid? I'm like, oh, because I love kids. I love babies, especially fat babies. Oh, those like, <laughs> my daughter looked like a little sumo baby. And so when I'm out in public, especially for work, if I'm out of town and I see these children, I'm like, oh. And it's in my culture too. Like Afghans, the way we are, when I grew up, man, my dad would walk into a house or a wedding or any kind of like family or relative thing. Or if you're like, if you're at a park, like Afghan New Year's, dude, you were passed around. There was no worry. They were like, okay, bye. Like my mom would worry more because she like grew up in America, but she'd like look around like, where's, where's our son? He's like, oh, he's over there. He's, you know, so-and-so. That's my cousin's cousin's cousin. Oh, they're holding him. And like, Cheeks, kissing. We just love children. But it's fascinating because it, it's almost like those those moments are – that's how you get through, I guess, you know? you yeah. Through the yeah. love of the other, you know, of, of children you see in other families. I mean, that is – that's interesting that that's where your, your heart kind of goes mm-hmm. instead – because some people would go more internalized and they'd go in their head or they'd get – sad and missing or they want to be on FaceTime the whole time and you kind of put immerse yourself wherever you are but we have like a two-week rule like after two weeks of being out of town that's kind of like if I'm on a project they need me for a few months I tell them like well I'm bringing my family if that's not possible the longest stretch I've done is three weeks like that's when I was in Morocco I couldn't bring them I couldn't fly back it is what it is so that last week was tough for me uh, that's when I learned like, okay, three is like, like the max, max, um, a lot of FaceTime, a lot of just communicating. Plus you get frustrated, you know, like not only with the kids, but the wife, cause sometimes the time zones are way off. So right. sometimes I have to cut those conversations short or she does, or I'll call when I'm free and she's not. And I'm yeah. like so frustrated, but not at her, you know? So sometimes we'll connect and I, and it's mainly my fault. I'm a Scorpio. I admit I boil and there's times when I'll talk to her and she's like, okay, grumpy. Like she'll call me out. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's, it's not even you. Honestly, I'm just so damn frustrated because I miss you and I want to be able to sit and talk. 
you know? It's funny, I don't know that side of you at all. Uh, <laughs> Good. <laughs> I know you as the happiest, most positive guy. It's oftentimes, I feel like those of us where the outside world think of us as so positive, we're the type of people that have the highs and the lows. You know what I mean? We are. Well, I'm very, Brittany calls me Captain Extremo because she's like, you're literally, when you're, when you're in love and when you're happy, you're happy. Like you're the guy that's at the restaurant that's like, I'm buying everyone shots, even though I can't afford it. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, who cares? Live life. You only live once. She's like, you're that guy. Live the party. But then you're the other guy. Or yeah. if, like, if you're angry or if something's dark, you go really extreme. She's like, there's no middle for you. Yeah. So you brought up your, your on set and you're, you're working on stuff. How do you fit in self-care? Easy. Easy and difficult at the same time. You ready for this? Yeah. Discipline. This also comes from my martial arts background. I'm up at 5 a.m. every day, no matter what, except Saturday, Sunday. My alarm is set. Don't touch it. Even when I'm traveling, I'm up early. I get up early to always give myself time to wake up, some breathing techniques, sometimes Wim Hof, my coffee, journaling, meditation, prayer, my workout. Once I'm done with that routine, now I'm ready for the day. Now I get ready, get the kids ready, get them to school. Go do what I have to do, go on my day, because I have no time in the day to work out or take care of myself during the middle of the day. There's just no way. And so, and then at nighttime, basically I've told everybody that I work with, even my team, my agents, my, my managers, I'm like, listen, six and on, can't touch me. That's my dinner time, my family. I have a dinner time, a little bit of dance time. My kids, I was like the dancer, put on music. Or I love games. that. It's like dinner time, fun time, bathing, I bathe them books, brush teeth, bed. But twice a week, even in that routine, Monday and Wednesdays, I'll get them to bed a little earlier and then I scoot out and I go to the dojo and I train with my training partners in jujitsu and Muay Thai. So you, you're very specific with your schedule in order to keep. I have to be. Oh yeah, I have to be. You have to be. If you don't, dude, it'll escape you. It's very like Tim Ferriss, Marky Mark. Have you heard of like Tim Ferriss and Marky Mark both do these like really intense schedules? Oh, all those guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like to know what my day is, but then have fluidity in it. But I, I do agree. If you attempt to wait and do a workout a little later or a meditation, later, it just won't happen. You have to start the well, day with it. But what if the kids wake up really fucking early? Well, luckily they don't. But if they do, then you know, you deal with it. You pivot. You pivot, you know. And when Well, luckily Luke and Lily are on a good sleep schedule, but when he was a newborn, he'd get up and the wife and I would rotate. She'd be like, look, go hit your workout. Then afterward, you take over. Then I'll do this. I'm like, cool. Thank you. And what, you just figure it out. Or sometimes I just have the baby and I'd be doing push-ups, squats, using my baby as a human kettlebell. I did that all through paternity leave. Kids love that. Yeah, man, it works. But there are days where I'll tell my assistant, like, cancel my day. I just want to have, I want to be a free spirit today. Nothing. But something that won't change are my workouts in the morning. And then at yeah. nighttime... When I put the kids to bed, that'll give me about an hour, one hour with the wife. Maybe we'll just veg. We'll watch like a little bit of This Is Us. And then I go into my room. I light candles. And I recommend this to a lot of dads. Brittany, when she first met me, she's like, I feel like, I feel like our life is like Game of Thrones. You're always like, I feel like I, I, feel like I need a torch in our house because I won't let her turn the lights on after 8.30 because it's the lights. I'm like, I need to shut my brain down. So after we watch yeah. TV or do whatever... 
when it's once it's like okay i'm getting ready for bed i light candles in the bathroom i light candles in my bedroom and i brush my teeth and it's bright in there it's extreme candle light there's like six candles of light but that just calms me it grounds me like me so a flow in life but one routine that'll never break are my mornings and the closing basically is what i should say the opening and waking up at five right the breathing the meditation the praying the journaling the workouts and then the nighttime where light some candles brush my teeth go in my room candles are lit end the day with gratitude prayer some meditation and sometimes they're quicker than others let's be real you know like sometimes i can't sit there for 10 15 minutes i just it's been too long of a day my alarm's gonna go off at 5 a.m yeah. Sometimes, but I'll, but I'll take at least at least five minutes. At least, I prefer to get fifteen, twenty if I can. But if not, set the timer five minutes. Set the candlelight, breathe, taking gratitude, prayer, whatever that comes to me. Blow them out, go to bed. So I that's something I recommend to a lot of people. If you can get a a start and a, and a closing of that, you'll notice a lot more flowing in your life, even if you're not a very structured person. It's the start and the end that'll set you up for success. I love that. It's it's like your kind of a lot of people have these sacred family <laughs> rituals, but you have a this beautiful self care ritual that allows you to then go with the flow with the family and work during the day. That's kind of a, a beautiful way mm-hmm. to to frame it. Well, I tell I tell every dad and every mom, you got to take care of the engine. So as much as we live for our children now, which is which is great. You know, you're not going to drive a car across the country without doing your proper oil check, tire check, make sure the engine's in great shape because you'll break down in the middle of the desert if you're doing a you know cross-country road trip. Or if you're at the mothership or the airplane flying, how can an airplane carry passengers to safety if the airplane isn't healthy, right? If it's not all tweaked up and perfect. No mistakes on an airplane. That thing can crash, we die. So... I use that example for me. I'm the mothership. I'm the fathership. Brittany's the mothership. Like, if I'm not healthy, if my mind isn't clear, if I don't feel sane and balanced, how can I be there 100% present for my children? How can I teach them about being present and self-care if I'm not practicing it? So that's really, really important. You know, it's really important. That's the most important thing. If you can't take care of yourself to be balanced and strong and happy, there's no way. Eventually, it'll catch up with you and you'll crumble in front of your own kids. That's what I believe. Did you have this routine prior to having kids? It's been more ingrained and more disciplined now with my children. Yeah. But I had a similar practice prior to just because, again, that comes from like a martial arts athletic type of mindset that I've had my whole life. And how was it during 2018? When you were going through that really dark period, did you keep to your routine at all? So when I went really dark, all that shattered. Yeah. Shattered. completely. I did nothing. I wanted to die. I wanted to die. I wanted to go under a rock and cry and just die. And God bless my wife for being so patient with me and the friends that reached out and helped and relatives and people and my therapist and my everybody. I had a village, man, that really... A lot of people really showed true colors during my dark times that came out, but also were able to give me enough space for me to regather my bandwidth and then would come in and letting me know that they were there. And those people I'll never forget for the rest of my life. And that really 
really helped me. And then that's when I slowly, slowly started to get back in a routine. I knew if I tried to jump back into my full on, you know, the rock routine, there's no way that I would get too overwhelmed. My, my ADHD mind would kick in yeah. and like, especially from that dark of a place, but I just took baby steps. I even posted a little bit online about it. I remember there's something I posted and a lot of people reached out to me. They're like, dude, I didn't know you deal with depression. Online people think people are perfect because they see a shiny one side of what the reality they want to project. You know, it's not necessarily the real full dimensional. Yeah, exactly. We're not encouraged to show the real, which is such a shame. I feel like that's why that's why I started this podcast. I mean, I think it's so important that people hear the real and hear it it it's not for me about talking about the dark times. It's about talking about how you got out of the dark times. That's the inspirational part. And yeah. that's your answer is baby steps. And that is a beautiful answer. And I think that it is insightful and a powerful response for, for all of us to realize that it, it can go to shit overnight, but it can't heal overnight. You're right. And, you know, I, I've had enough darkness in my life at this age which I'm sure there's going to be more, that I learned to sit in it, accept it, let it take its process, and keep reminding myself, this shall pass. This will pass. What can I learn from this right now? Yeah, this sucks. Cool. I'm just going to go pity party. And I promise you, after 24, I'll start taking baby steps. But let me just, let me cry this out. Let me scream. Let me go hit the heavy bag. Let me watch movies. And it really helps but I tell myself you get one day and then tomorrow you'll still feel it, but let's slowly be better than we were yesterday. But today, go ahead. World sucks. You want to die. Fine, but don't do it. You got two beautiful children. Don't do it. You got a beautiful wife. Don't do it. You're a great son to your father who's still alive and your sisters. Okay, cool. I won't do that, but I'm going to go here. And then I just allow the soul and the body to take its course. And I journal and then I just slowly work my way out and then I evolve and I grow stronger than I have before. It's like I shed a new skin. I'm a new person. It takes work though. It's not easy. It sounds easy if I say it. I don't think it sounds easy. I think it's, I think it sounds like it's a practice, which it sounds like it's a lot of what you do. You know, it's a practice and you get better and better as you do it. But it's trying because every little while you get knocked down and then it is a practice again to start that back up again you know, and keep the regularity, which is very much like parenting, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I've been asked before, like as a dad, would you go back and change anything? It's crazy because the knee jerk reaction is like, yeah, go change this, 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 then I would be here. But then I'm like, well, I'm at peace and I'm very happy and present where I'm at right now. And I've realized like life is just a marathon and this pandemic really hit hard for me. And I think a lot of people that it forced especially Americans, it forced us to slow down. We were too fast trying to capture that dollar, trying to capture this. (laughs) This slowed us down and it forced us to slow down together. And I used to play the compare game. Why does so-and-so have this? Why does so-and-so have that? Why why did I come here at the same time with so-and-so and and within three years they're an A-lister and I've been here 20 years working actor? You know, and it's just like, I don't know, man. Something clicked in me where I realized... Yeah, I just got to do me and just be present and just focus on my own happiness. And if I can be happy and be the best father I can be, you know, and the best husband and the best person in society, 
that's what matters. And what's funny is when I'm in those pockets, my answer to that question is I wouldn't change anything. I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm doing exactly what I need to do. I love that. Just live your truth and be the best that you can be without the comparison game or without any of the distractions. And that is the best thing you can do for yourself and for your partner and for your children and and for this world. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time, Jalen. No, thank you for having me, really. We'll get together, you know, we'll hang out, we'll barbecue, we'll let our our baby hulks run around and attack (laughs) each other. I love that. Perfect. Thank you for listening. If you're still here, then there's a good chance that you connected with some aspect of today's episode. So if that is the case, please consider sharing it with those you feel could also benefit. And don't forget to click subscribe, as well as join in on the conversation by finding us on Instagram, at DILF Podcast. We look forward to hearing from you.